Here's the new Cold War podcast with Edward Lucas. As the pandemic forces unprecedented changes in our lives, many people are working from home or trying to. As I noted in my now fortnightly column for the London Times in March 2020, a bit of self-discipline can send your productivity soaring. Working from home can seem exotic, but I grew up with it. My father, an Oxford philosophy don, spent the university vacations writing books, not just at home, but in the garden. And in the summer, he liked sitting in an inflatable rubber dinghy filled with water with a board across his knees. We thought that was quite normal. I never matched that, but during my many years as a foreign correspondent, I rarely had an office. I worked out of a Prague bedsit, from a dacha in the countryside outside Moscow, and in a crumbling Vilnius mansion. Admittedly, finding a working telephone or telex machine, those were the days, in Eastern Europe could be time-consuming. Now, the combination of a mobile phone and a laptop puts you in touch with everyone, everywhere and always. If you want to, that is, which I often do not. The great benefit of working alone is long periods of uninterrupted writing, reading and thinking. When the bubonic plague shut down Cambridge University in 1665, Isaac Newton left Trinity College for his family home at Woolsthorpe by Colstersworth, where, in a two-year stint of solitary study, he revolutionised our understanding of calculus, gravitation and optics. In pursuit of far humbler goals, I switch the phones over to voicemail and disconnect my computer from the internet. The only mild disturbance is from Panda, our dog. I've discovered that he has lively dreams, during which his paws and tail twitch while he snuffles and whines. Luckily, he does not try to tell me about them when he wakes up. Office gossip can be nice in small doses, but one easily tires of it. The email inbox is another enemy. I have twice daily time slots for reading and replying, and I encourage people to message my phone for anything important. That sets a useful barrier to what the Germans call Mitteilungsbedürftigkeit, an untranslatable term meaning roughly compulsive communication. It's a bane of modern life. With essential colleagues, I exchange terse to the point updates on WhatsApp, plus the occasional wisecrack. Concentration should be easier when you're not distracted by meetings and in a day not compressed by a daily commute. But abundance can be overwhelming. The yawning expanse of time that lies ahead when you wake up is all too easily frittered away with newspapers, that's catching up on vital information, and chores, making the place tidy and ready for work. You end the day fretful and exhausted. The best solution to that is a timetable and a to-do list. Snacks are another menace. Biscuits, crisps and nuts are bad. So is toast. Coffee is for mornings only, tea at tea time, otherwise water. Another danger, perhaps greater in my case, is overdoing it. Brains, like muscles, suffer from overuse. Francesco Cirillo, an Italian time management guru, reckons that concentration comes best in 25-minute bursts. But whatever your personal tempo, punctuate your efforts with small breaks. I fuss over my sourdough bread, walk panda, or do some modest DIY. Also, set a clear beginning and end to the working day and stick to it. In my office-going days, 
I marked these boundaries by donning a tie and taking it off in the evening. Now I rejoice thriftily and greenly in wearing my shabbiest garments for work. That's ragged sweaters, threadbare trousers and frayed shirts. For video conferences, I dress respectably, but on my upper half only. Nobody can see what else you're wearing. Some surveys suggest loneliness is a problem for solo flyers, and working from home does have a slight feeling of being homeschooled. The other children are engaged in bracing interaction in the playground, while you are on your own, getting odder by the day. But my experience is that what I lose in connections with office colleagues, I gain in other ways, not least in contact with people whose jobs involve moving things around, rather, as with my work, only words. I've got to know the postman, the dustman and the street sweeper. All were just anonymous bit players in the drama of life. When I was out of the house all day, I'm in better touch with our surroundings too, keeping abreast of building works and the rise and nowadays also fall of local business fortunes. Life is more real out of the office than in it. And the company does not have to be human. The families of robins, tits and wagtails that cluster round our bird feeders have turned me into an ardent bird watcher. We also have peregrine falcons living nearby, feasting on London's unlimited supply of feral pigeons. Their harsh hunting cries make panda nervous, but gladden my heart. Just as learning the ropes in an office requires time and effort, so too does working alone. I'm not starry-eyed. Some of my productivity gains are swallowed up by administration. During my years of office work, I was blessed with two fairy godparents. They were called facilities, who mended and replaced anything that broke, and systems, who sorted out any problems with computers. The coronavirus generation of workers in temporary office exile may still benefit from such help, but for the self-employed like me, there's nobody to call when things go wrong. On the other hand, the time soaks of expensive and paperwork have vanished too. If it needs to be done, I do it. Mostly, it doesn't. Working from home in some eyes still looks suspicious. It's the sign of a career becalmed, a descent into pottering and house husbandry. But our mass flight from the plague seems set to erase that stigma, and not before time. This is Edward Lucas with the New Cold War podcast. You can find more about me, my books and other publications at edwardlucas.com or follow me on Twitter at Edward Lucas. This has been a homegrown media production. For more on the New Cold War, please visit edwardlucas.com.